So Jacob, it's been like a month for me. I, I, I missed the last episode and I heard it was a good one. Um, yeah. I have a lot to say about your commentary and the, the lack thereof. The, the, I feel me? like there's just a piece missing from it. And then I realized, well, wait a second. Like the co-host wasn't there. <laughs> Obviously there was a piece missing. But uh, no, it was yeah. a good show. Did, did you listen to the whole hour and 50 minutes? Are you going to yell at me if I say no? No, I can't blame you. That that's went so long. I loved it. I loved every minute of it. But Yeah, that's the type of thing where it could go on for a very long time. And it could very well just be two episodes. You know, like yeah. there's so much going on in that first season of The Last of Us. You know, that it's just... <laughs> You can't really collapse it into one episode, let alone with like four other people on the show with everyone has individual thoughts and opinions on it. Right. Yeah. So that was a long one, but yeah, no, it was, it was solid. I'm, I'm, a, I'm sad. I wasn't able to be there for it, but uh, winter and I had some other things going on that day and we had so many other folks on the show that it just made sense to try to do the day that worked for most people. Yeah. Yeah. It, it definitely, you know, the smart person would have, yeah, separated those into two episodes so that we had less work to do throughout the month. But uh, <laughs> That's I, right. I, I, I That's thought about is. it. It's all just know, work. Exactly. Yeah, <laughs> I don't I don't take any pleasure in doing this podcast. Uh, yeah, but I just thought it made more sense to just keep going through the whole thing because it was just kind of a big old recap. But yeah, yeah. We just started, uh, Becca, Harry, and I, Emil couldn't make it, just started playing last night, uh, started The Last of Us Part Two, okay. um, the game. Uh, so that was very exciting because uh, there's a lot of stuff that happens right off the bat in that game, and it was great to see some reactions. But uh, obviously no spoilers, but yeah. Well, well, I mean, if, if, if I recall it, I remember them saying that it's going to be quite some time until season two comes out. Yeah, if I had to guess, it would probably be uh, like end of 2024. Wow. Probably. Yeah, yeah that's a That's long based time. off of nothing, but that's just kind of the vibe I'm getting. Yeah, yeah. Are we going to see any character changes, do you think? I don't think so. They already said they're not changing Ellie, which I think makes sense. And that would be really the only person that you would change if you were worried about like an age difference or something um but yeah 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 the, i don't think they're gonna have any issue plus bella ramsey is just so good that why would you get rid of her right but yeah anyways yeah, yeah anyway. that was a, that was a lot of fun but now it's just us again i feel like it's been a while since it's been just us well, it's been over a month yeah uh <laughs> it's just been a whole lot of sepkida going on Hey, honestly, um, it's a great it's a great thing to come back to when we you know when we need to. I think the best way to do the next sepkidas uh, should be um, input from from the listeners. Uh, what what are the next like what things do you want to watch with us? Maybe we flip. You know how earlier we were declaring what we were going to watch. Yeah. What if it's sort of like a you reach out to us, tell us what you've watched that's cool, and then we'll watch it, and then we'll distribute those opinions and narratives that we have around that to the other folks so that we're like spreading that, you know, thing to watch further to different communities. Yeah. That's a good idea. 
Uh, although I do also know exactly what I want to do for Sepkada in June. Uh, okay. Yeah, it's yeah. Uh, Wes Anderson. Uh, his new movie, Asteroid City, comes out in June. And I would love yeah. to do an episode about that. But I think, yeah, we definitely should get some user uh, feedback. User feedback, listener feedback about what we want to do. So I do have to say one more thing about Sepkada, and that is um, I know a few folks out there, one in particular. Oh, my goodness, I forgot to mute my computer so i'm not <laughs> sorry about that um there are some listeners out there uh jacob who listen to our show so religiously that d- don't watch the shows that are on second <laughs> but they continue to listen to our to our podcast knowing very well that they're never going to watch the, the the episodes or the show or whatever it is that's true dedication this true dedication, uh, good friend Nick from uh, New York. Uh, I'll give him a shout out because we joke that we, he 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 does he's not going to watch any of this stuff, uh, but he'll still <laughs> listen to our show. And um, if you ever do watch some of the stuff, let me know, Nick, because right now I'm putting you on full blast. But yeah, you're super, you're a super fan, and and we appreciate it. Yeah, very kind. <laughs> uh, well, today we're kind of just. Uh... It's kind of just like a catch-up episode, not just for uh, us, but or for the listeners, but also for us, where we haven't touched base in a while on what we are doing creatively. Yeah. Uh, and so we figured it'd be kind of a project therapy uh, thing, a little different than previous project therapies, where we're not going to do a deep dive into one specific project to help get out of a rut, but just kind of talk about what we've been doing over the past uh a few months maybe check in on some of our goals that we were doing and things like that uh so i guess nate do you have anything that you want to talk about that you're doing yeah i realize that sounded kind of like a leading question like nate do you have something you want to say to the group no that's that's what being a podcast co-host is it's It's true yeah waiting until it's your partner's turn to talk and then forcing them to talk (laughs) that's probably what it is um Yeah, yeah, no, I, I have several things. Uh, you know, I, I think I, I told the show that I had started a new job a couple months ago, and that job is, um, it's been really rewarding and uh, exciting because I get to be at the forefront of the creative process. You know, creating content and and working uh, on a team to, you know, tell stories in a digital fashion, right, and make them watchable, shareable, and make them compelling. Uh, mostly photography and video uh, over the past couple of months. And so a lot of my work uh, and sort of creative processes and thoughts have been revolving around my job at Penn State, uh, which, you know, we can talk about this further in another episode, but we talk to the largest extent in previous episodes about how there's not, you can't always be creative, just like you can't always sprint, right? You can't always just you know, there's certain things that you can only do in, in certain time frames. Sometimes you get a really great burst of energy or a great creative, like empowering time that you can, you know, sit down and just knock out a whole project. And other times it's sort of like, I have to put myself in the zone to do something. And then I only have a certain amount of time where I'm in that zone. And then it just becomes unproductive or, or you just, your brain starts to wander. And so a lot of that energy has been used uh, and sort of funneled into my job at, at my job at Penn State because it's requiring that creative energy, right? It's requiring that cre- those creative juices. 
And so this is a, a long-winded way to say that, you know, I'll talk about some of the projects I'm doing there uh, without going into great detail, but uh, my my work outside of Penn State has largely been outside of the creative realm in in the same uh, or in the same field that we've been talking about, you know, like I'm doing a lot of things that are creative. They're just not video based or photography based. Um, yeah. and hopefully that's just a product of, you know, we're getting over our Pennsylvania winter and now it's about mm-hmm. to be springtime and, and hopefully springtime sort of has that rejuvenating factor that it usually does, um, with, you know, neat things, you know, coming back to life, uh, and, and that captures, you know, some, some kind of creative energy within me to go take pictures of them or go shoot a spring video or something. And those are the type of things I'm really looking forward to. Um, and, and I hope to do in the coming, in the coming weeks or, or, or month or so. But, um, before I jump into some of the projects, uh, through Penn state, I want to, I want to let you, um, give yourself a, a, a prep talk before we, you know, get into the stuff that you're doing, and then we can just kind of bounce back and forth. That way yeah. I'm not talking for 15 minutes straight because I felt like that was, that was a long time, you know, <laughs> that's the other thing about podcasting. People that was probably me. like 45 seconds. But. Yeah. You, well, that's true, but you got to, you know, balance it out, you know, <laughs> you balance What's it out. It, so you just want me to talk yeah, broadly about what I'm doing. Yeah. Talk broadly. Then we'll jump back over and I'll give you a couple of projects that I've been doing and like kind of dive deeper into the technical and the workflow of those projects and like what, what I'm doing around that. And then we'll jump back over to you. That way we can do a little flip-flopping. Yes. So, so really the main thing that I've been up to uh, is, so one of my resolutions was to write four short films, right? Yeah. Uh, and I pretty quickly uh, in February kind of got three of those four figured out. Not written, oh, but really? I knew basically what I wanted to do for them. Okay. Uh, one was going to be, uh, a short, uh, or just like a, a sketch, uh, like we did for write that down, uh, like a year ago. Uh, one, uh, is something that we'll probably talk about in a little bit. And then there's another one that I think I had talked about previously on the podcast that I'm working on with Fisher Stroud, although it's, it's been a while since we've been able to put too much work into that, but, uh, just all different types of short films that I want to do. Um, but what's been really kind of driving my creative juices, not in a meaningful, practical way, but in my thought process and different ways to approach my writing, different genres to explore, is the Criterion Challenge, uh, which is I've talked a few different times about the Criterion Collection, which is just the the group of movies uh, of around 1200 now movies that this blu-ray dvd distributor has put together of just what they consider to be some of the best movies that there are including some that you probably haven't heard of before that they're just trying to get more out there uh and on letterboxd uh my favorite social media platform uh they someone put together what they call the criterion challenge which is where once a week uh you have to choose a movie that you haven't seen before in these certain categories that are part of the criterion collection uh, and watch it uh, just one a week. And so there are different categories like choosing a movie that was made in Belgium or one that has to do uh, with music or movies surrounding food and or documentaries and things like that. Uh, and so I've been doing that. I am fully caught up. Uh, I think we're on week like 13 or something like that right now. 
Uh, so I've watched just 30 movies that I would have never heard of or watched otherwise. Uh, and it's been really fun to just explore these international movies or maybe movies from the 40s that I just normally would gloss over if I'm going through Netflix or HBO or whatever. Uh, but just take the time to sit down and watch and appreciate. Uh, and so introducing that variety into what I watch and consume has been really rewarding uh, and kind of helpful in just getting me excited about my own work and things like that. So that's kind of where I've been for the past uh, uh, couple months is I have these ideas that I'm I'm fleshing out and need to take the time uh, to really sit down and write and, and get through some of them. Uh, but just having this recurring goal of just watching one new movie a week has been uh, really helping my creative thought process uh, mm. and expanding my my worldview, as it were. But sure. yeah. now in those in those um, those films, are you finding that, you know, all of them can't be enjoyable the whole <laughs> time? Right. They, they, they right. just right because there's, there's so, such a wide variety of approaches how each director does it and that's the beauty of film in that you know there it, you can be super opinionated about it and that's why there's a whole genre of critiquing and everything out there do you find yourself like when you're 15 minutes half an hour then finally an hour up to two hours in are you like oh well that was actually not that great of a storytelling or that was not <laughs> that great of a film because it was made in the 40s before we had some you know, improvements with the technology. Are you are you noticing that? Or are you really just sitting back and just like absorbing, realizing that different time periods had different, uh, you know, popularity of, of how to tell stories, right? Different yeah. ways of doing things. Are you noticing that? Yeah, it is interesting. I, I, I can't think off the top of my head of any of the movies I've watched so far that I've actively disliked. Uh, but yeah, it is just varying degrees of, okay, I can tell that this is well-made, but it's not for me. Uh, or maybe there is some just, you know, aging issues. It doesn't age as well as other and things like that. Uh, it is interesting that you bring up, you know, movies from the forties that there have been clear advancements in, uh, last week, actually, as part of the, the challenge, I watched Mildred Pierce. Uh, which is an old like melodrama neo noir thing from uh, not neo noir, I guess it's noir uh, from 1945, I believe. And I actually really liked it. I was not expecting to. I was expecting the the hokey dialogue and the you know super on the nose Brooklyn accents and things like that that you might come to expect from you know old black and white uh, 40s movies or something like that. And there is definitely a lot of, you know, the New York accents, the the hokey dialogue, but it's still really well done. Uh, I gave it four and a half stars on Letterboxd. Uh, and yeah, it is just interesting seeing these things that I might have assumptions about, uh, but I still find myself being able to enjoy them. Mm -hmm. um, but yeah, there definitely have been moments where I'm like, okay, I'm ready for the next one. Yeah. You know? I, I to kind of further that uh, thought a little bit more. Have you noticed in the titling of the movies the differences between titling in the forties, fifties, sixties, even up then titling in the eighties, nineties, now titling of movies now? Like I feel like 
movies, at least in some instances back then, didn't have very descriptive titles. They were sort of just like, they were sort of just like, people are going to come watch this movie because it's probably in the theaters. So it doesn't matter what the title is. This is what, you know, this is what maybe affluent, I, maybe I shouldn't use a word, but that's what, that's what people would do when they had extra money and extra time, they'd go and watch a movie and there weren't very many options. So it didn't really matter the title. Right. And then you look at titles nowadays and it's like, you've got a name, like I'm thinking of John wick or I'm thinking of (laughs) any, any one of those movies where there's like a specific person who's important to the movie, but then you've got like four titles underneath it to further like, oh, it's going to be super explosive or it's going to be like super mysterious or something like that. Sure. Yeah. Because maybe maybe it's just a couple of the movies that you've thrown out are just like a person's name or like something really random that you wouldn't have any idea what it's about until you watch it. But I could tell you about all the Fast and Furious movies because it's Fast and Furious and then like all of these titles after it that it kind of explain what's going to happen, right? Well, the next one is just Fast X. So, so maybe maybe everything <laughs> is wrong. <laughs> uh, I yeah, I think it is just a, a persistent thing, uh, and it depends really on just the vibe. Uh, like there, like that one movie uh, is called Mildred Pierce. That's the name of the main character. Yeah, uh, that's the title of the movie. Yeah, uh, there's a 2013 movie I watched called Certain Women, uh, which is, yeah, not descriptive at all. Uh, in fact, pretty vague. Uh, but uh, that's also a very good movie. You should watch that. Um, but uh, yeah, it is it is funny. It is funny. But but now that I'm thinking about it, there are lots. There are several movies that are. I mean, could you consider Lincoln the title of a movie to be nondescriptive or is that do we all know? Like, well, maybe, you know, who knows? Is it Abraham Lincoln? Is it Lincoln, the car company? Right. Who knows? So maybe I should take back that entire statement because they, I think there's, now is Forrest Gump, does that have another title to it or is it just Forrest Gump? It's just Forrest Gump, I'm pretty there sure. There you go. So yeah. yeah, so there still are some, I mean, I guess that's not new, but. Yeah. Okay. No, now I, I have to take back that entire, that entire <laughs> Redacted redact it but uh yeah no i'm just uh, what i'm i guess what i'm trying to get at and maybe that was the wrong way to do it uh or the wrong thing to pick at but you're watching films that are from a wide variety of time periods and genres and stuff and i probably will never do that (laughs) you know no matter how much you say i need to watch this film from the 40s i just have really no interest in it unless i'm going to do a deep dive and like watch that film 50 times and like dissect every second of it. So it's either one or the other, you know? Yeah. You know, it has been uh, fun. Maybe isn't the right word, but uh, so I realized, and this isn't necessarily related to the criterion collection, but it kind of does. So I realized that I had never seen a Stanley Kubrick movie Uh, and Stanley Kubrick widely regarded by a lot of people as one of the best film directors ever. Uh, And uh probably most popularly known from the shining and uh maybe eyes wide shut or 2001 space odyssey things like that um and so i just decided i i looked it up and i saw that his first three movies were just on youtube for free uh and so i just decided you know what i'm gonna watch all of his movies starting from the beginning i'm not gonna jump around i'm gonna watch them in order uh and what a comforting thing where his first few movies aren't that great. 
<laughs> you know, like, yeah. and that's nothing against Stanley Kubrick. He's obviously, you know, an incredible, wasn't t- incredibly talented guy and regard as one of the best film directors ever made. Uh, but just be seeing those movies and him making those around the same age that we are now uh, is, you know, just so encouraging that like you can start off just fine, but you'll get better. Uh, mm-hmm. And it's just, it's been an interesting road. Uh, of course, then his fourth movie was like one of the best war movies I've ever seen. Uh, but uh, yeah, interesting, interesting stuff to see that progression from yeah. him. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's interesting. It's also neat that, that those are available. Imagine all the films that these, producers and directors just you know released but you know sort of let die because they grew and you know had more money to work with or they had better actors no. to work with or they gained some more influence in in the the area that they were you know choosing to to direct on or something i don't know it's it's very interesting yeah. you know one day when you make it big i bet you <laughs> uh, wyman is going to be sort of lost in the ether you know and then people will find it. Well, that's the interesting thing about Stanley Kubrick's first movie is he tried to wipe out his first movie's existence. Yeah. After yeah. the fact, because he hate he is not yeah. proud of it. Yeah. Uh, but then people just found it and did screenings anyways, and now he's dead, and he can't control that. Uh, but uh, yeah, interesting. Yeah. So, okay. Outside of all that, that's basically a whole definitely not procrastinating segment. Uh, yeah, but I, I felt like it's it's been pretty valuable to where I've been going. So I, I think it's a little bit more than a than a definitely not procrastinate. Yeah, I mean, as long as it as, as long as you find joy in it, and as long as it's you know influencing the work or or you know energizing you to do your own work. You know, we go back to that saying: if you want to go to any influencer on Instagram who's a creative influencer, and they'll say, you know, make sure that you're producing more than you're consuming and stuff like that. I don't, I nah. think you should take that with a grain of salt, but there's some, tr- <laughs> there's some truth to it as long as it's productive and, and, and productivity could even mean just giving yourself a break from other work, right? That's yeah. me product productive. So. Yeah. Yeah. Well, what are you being productive on? Okay. Yeah. I'll go back into it. Yeah. So um, like I said, I'm going to talk a little bit more about some of the work I'm doing. Uh, so uh, so like, like I said, I, I've been tasked with mostly the digital storytelling aspect of, uh, Penn State Global and what Penn State Global is, is, uh, largely working with all the international students that come through Penn State and, and the students who decide to study abroad and the faculty members and the staff members, uh, that work to further Penn State as a, you know, global land grant institution, uh, and that's a really important thing for the university as a whole, the whole community. Um, but, you know, we're able to make an impact on a lot of these students. Um, about There's about 10,000 international students and scholars at the university. And uh, we work closely with with a lot of them and with the programming uh, around them. Uh, some of the really neat parts is, is, you know, I'm getting to chat with with folks who are trying to incorporate uh, ways to make their current curriculum involve a global perspective, Right. Um, knowing very well that there's probably uh, a high chance that they have international students in their program and, and how, what ways can can they make uh, those 
their entire curriculum, have a, a better global perspective. Now, that's not my job within within uh, Penn State Global. My job is to make sure that the stories uh, of the faculty members who are doing this or the students who are experience, experiencing these uh, these curriculums and stuff, that their stories are being uplifted, right? Uh, and so my job is to uh, talk to these people and and gain insight on what they're learning and and uh, and make sure that 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 content that I can create from that is authentic and is true and and is watchable and shareable so that we can market Penn State University and and Penn State Global. Uh, so the, that's kind of like a a short you know intro to what what I'm doing. Uh, so to go deeper into that, you know, I. I Luckily enough, was able to. Um, I basically have the resources I need uh, to do these things. So I've got some really, really great cameras that I'm working with um, that I can chat more about in a technical section if we want to do that later. Um, I, I just have the equipment finally uh, to do the things that I need to do that aren't going to limit that creative thing. Now we do talk about you know never really needing a whole bunch of equipment to do creative stuff. But when you have those at, as your resources, you finally don't have to you know, worry about all the ways you can get great lighting because you don't have lights, right? So finally, now that you have some technology that'll help you, you have a whole wide area, wide uh, range of possibilities to for shooting locations and, and you know, mm. places to get great audio. So with all that being said, I'm currently working on a, pretty big project that involves uh, some of the campuses. So Penn State University has, I think, upwards of 20 some, 20 plus, 21, 22, maybe even close to 25 uh, campuses across the, the Commonwealth. So so like I said, I'm, I'm working at some of the campuses to uplift the work that we have uh, global engagement coordinators, just folks at the different campuses that that do those things I was telling you about, trying to you know work with faculty and staff to incorporate a global perspective and stuff like that and in and, and, and programming and activities and such like that. So I'm working to to elevate the stories being told there um, and, and to differentiate between the different campuses. So this is a pretty large undertaking, and I'm finally able to start getting out and getting some interviews and shoot some B-roll and stuff like that at the at the campuses, and and hopefully we'll have unique responses. Um, and this will really get me um, into a, a large scale project where I've got multiple episodes uh, coming out uh, from a marketing perspective as well as a story storytelling perspective. Uh, and mm-hmm. so I'm really excited about about that coming up. And uh, I've had a, a couple other smaller projects where I've you know done some interview stuff. Uh, some talking head things, some some just basic B-roll stuff and a couple uh, social media posts and, and, and things like that. But th- this uh, large project is coming up and I'm, I'm really excited and I've sort of laid the groundwork for it. And we've had previous episodes where I talk about what, you know, how to successfully uh, put yourself forward uh, to to achieve the goal. And the goal is to have a high quality product. And so we, you know, we've gone deeper into what that looks like, but, you know, I've had to create the scripts I've had to do all the, the communication between the clients, right? The, the the folks at the campuses, as well as organized schedules with students. You know how, how hard that is, right, Jacob? Yeah. Uh, you know, organizing anything, really. Uh, and so all of it's starting to come together. And that's uh, really exciting because I'll, I'll finally be able to jump into that creative aspect where we're actually shooting the videos and we're, you know, putting those scripts that we pulled together to, to good work. I'm, I'm really looking forward to... A couple of the 
the the day shoots that we have scheduled already. And then hopefully in, in a future episode, I'll update on how that project's going because, you know, I'll be working at um, at least, I guess there's four or five regions. Uh, so so four or five different different films to to talk about those regions and how each one's unique and 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 the the programming that's going on there. So mm. I know that's a lot of stuff, and that there's <laughs> a, you know I kind of dove into the different directions of the technical stuff, laying the groundwork for each project. Um, but but that's sort of where my a lot of my creative uh, energy has been put to good work, um, which means that when I'm done with work, I, I come home and. And, you know, I've got other stuff going on, like soccer and different things that keep me, you know, moving around and, and not just in front of a computer screen. Because I know between between the both of us, we get a lot of screen time and screen time is good. Um, I don't know what you're talking about. I mean, come on, man. <laughs> I never sit in front of a screen. Never, ever. Um, yeah. But yeah, yeah, that's that's where that's where that stuff's going. In fact, I've got a shoot coming up this week uh, that I'm really looking forward to. Uh, so. I'll keep everyone updated wow. on those projects uh, without giving away too much information until I actually publish them. But once once those are published, I'll let you know where you can find them to get an idea of some of the some of the work that I'm doing. Uh, and if you are a Penn State student um, and you're interested in global, you know, study abroad programs, or maybe you're an international student or anything, you know, I don't know who listens to our show. Um, <laughs> feel free to reach out and we can have a conversation. I think it's really neat stuff. And obviously, as you can tell, I'm quite passionate about it so yeah yeah awesome yeah i i feel bad because you asked me so many follow-ups about the criterion challenge and and i i just don't know where to begin don't feel bad most, of my, most of my follow-ups are to be snarky <laughs> wait what <laughs> uh so so i guess you mentioned uh having access to like different kinds of equipment yeah, and things like that. I am curious, just of what kind of stuff have you been able to use that you uh, is new to you, maybe? Well, uh, yeah. So I don't know if "new" is the right word, but just to have access to just about anything needed for it. So when I started the new job, um, this was a new position, and um, and you know, there was a a, a long. We had a long uh, conversation and lots of different. Um, we had to do brainstorming sessions. How could we make a budget work for the type of things needed to tell these stories? Uh, so, so I I have some pretty cool um, cameras that I'm working with: uh, Sony A7S Mark III and mm. Sony A7 IV. Um, two both great uh, mirrorless cameras for um, ones for photography, sort of hybrid as a B B cam for video, and then my A7S Mark III for for video. Um, and these are these are great great cameras, uh, really really awesome uh, color science inside the the camera that that works well when you go into the editing process. Um, and I'm you know I I started shooting on Canon and then went from Canon to to the Panasonic and then from the Panasonic uh, GH5 to the Sony series of cameras. So it's really nice to get a wide variety of different technological or techno technical equipment uh, and to learn a variety of different cameras, what they're good at, what they're not good at, and you know, and and that's all on the side. Like like we say, it's not it's not really the the stuff that you have. It's this uh, or the stuff that you want. It's the stuff that you have. And how can you work with the stuff that you have to to tell the story that you're trying to tell? And uh, luckily enough, um, you know, you you don't have to work as hard in some 
ways when you have access to lighting, like I said, or good audio equipment and stuff like that. So hopefully yeah. it'll elevate that production quality a little bit. Nice. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, obviously work with what you got, but sometimes it's, it's cool to have some stuff. <laughs> it, it certainly is cool. And, and let me tell you, um, I'm not, I'm not, um, I don't want to make it seem like a iPhone camera won't, won't help you shoot a video, but there's something to say about having a solid camera that is really good in low light that, you know, you, you sort of mastered the manual controls of it. It just, it feels good. You feel like a filmmaker, you feel like you're doing something. And, and like yeah. I said, you have to start with an iPhone camera, go for it, you know, tell that story, do that creative work. Uh, and if you like it enough, you'll find yourself in positions where you can, uh, you put forth money, you know, you set aside money because this is where you, this is what you love doing. So you do find yourself uh, ever so slightly, you know, getting more equipment and, and, and making that equipment, um, mastering it, and then furthering your knowledge and in, in other equipment. And then your sort of arsenal of equipment starts to grow. You know, we talked to, yeah. uh, we talked in previous episodes, you know, when I started doing film, when you started doing it, you know, we started with a, with a phone camera or, or even with a really low, low grade DSLR that, you know, they just put in video uh, as an option. And, you know, you were still able to create things. We were still able to create things. And yeah, the quality is probably better now, but hopefully the storytelling aspects and the the different things that we've honed over the past couple of years um, have improved. And then, yeah. like I said, your arsenal of equipment grows because after a while you can start to maybe afford a light. And then you finally have a light and then you can finally, you know, upgrade your audio from in-camera audio to maybe a shotgun mic or a, uh, on a boom pole or maybe a lav mic or something. And every, you know, over, over five years or so, you accumulate enough to actually sort of have a production studio, a uh, mobile one probably. And then, and then from that, you, you go until it breaks and then you hopefully find the money to replace and upgrade and stuff like that. So it, it's a long process. You know, I'm, I'm not saying that you need everything right away. You make do with what you have, but yeah. I'm lucky enough to have found myself in a spot where I've, uh, you know, I finally feel full with the equipment available to do some of the things that I don't want to do. You're loaded. <laughs> I don't know about loaded. <laughs> in, a, in a good spot when it comes to the equipment available. Yeah. Well, nice. Yeah. I'm yeah. glad that you're feeling fulfilled with that. Yeah. I, I think the fulfillment will come when, when I've accomplished a big project, you know, I've done sure. these projects that are great and they look good and it sounds good and it feels good. But I think a big project will have some kind of accomplishment. Uh, and if it doesn't bring that accomplishment, it mean, accomplishment, it means that I still have more to learn and that will always be there. So I'll never feel fully fulfilled. And I think a lot of creatives will never say that they're fully fulfilled with the stuff they're creating because we always have the urge or we hopefully will always have the right. urge to do better and to keep learning. Yeah. As, as soon as you finish the project, there will be something that you notice that you wish you could have done better. Yes. It's, it's the curse. Yeah. It, you're entirely correct with that. Absolutely. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Well, yeah. I guess I can talk. I mean, I should talk for like 15 minutes. <laughs> uh, well, so the, the main thing I mentioned that I have a few things that I, that I'm floating around uh, working on. Hopefully I can, I don't want to talk about the write that down sketch too much. Cause that is very relevant. And I don't want to just spoil things on this podcast. Really? Uh, 
because uh, hopefully we can get that shot and posted um, at some point. But I'm hoping I can get that written because I basically have it mapped out. I just have to actually put it in a screenplay format. Um, hopefully I can get that written over the next few days because I'm traveling for work. Uh, and I find that when I'm traveling for work and I'm just like in a hotel room uh, at 7 p.m. and I just, you know, went out to some random restaurant and I'm trying to think of what to do instead of just go to sleep at 7 p.m. Mm -hmm. uh i write <laughs> that, that's kind of it forces me to it's a yeah into that yeah so hopefully i can get something done this week um but uh one thing that i i talked to you a little bit uh a little bit about um just off mic uh i have an idea for a project that i'm i'm still mulling over i don't want to get into the the story details too much uh, but basically it's, it, the idea is that it's a short film, uh, that is about two people, maybe their friends, maybe their family, uh, who love each other, but are, you know, have this fundamental disagreement. Yeah. Uh, but the fact that they are intrinsically linked by being family, uh, or lifelong friends means that, you know, it's it's a tough relationship because you love them but then there's just the this thing that is you know nagging you uh about about the whole thing that it's hard to talk about or confront or anything like that uh so basically it's it's just about uh, those kinds of internal struggles that that people might have uh but really the the thing that i'm most excited about is probably uh the technical aspect of it mm -hmm. uh okay. so i watched uh, a movie as part of the criterion challenge uh seamless plug uh yi yi which is yi yi uh mm -hmm. it is a taiwanese movie from the year 2000 uh mm -hmm. and again would have never heard of it well i think i had heard of it before but i would have never actually watched it um and uh it's a three hour long movie. So I, I couldn't even possibly get into the story. It's a story about a Taiwanese middle-class family just trying to get by. Um, but what sticks out to me a lot, I love the movie, but something that stuck out to me is how uh, those filmmakers used a lot with just a static camera. Uh, and I yeah. historically have loved one takes and things like that. Uh, so the movie Birdman, basically all one take. Uh, I did a one take shot uh, for the Y-Men. Uh, it's one of the argument scenes between the main two characters. Uh, I don't remember if you were there that night, Nate, on set, but uh, it took a lot of tries to, to get this one take, like two and a half minute, three minute scene. Yeah. Uh, and uh I just I, I love the idea of it and and the work that goes into it and you know trying to uh, manipulate the camera and, and do these moves that are seamless and things like that. But what Yi Yi does is there are a lot of those one take scenes that's just the camera sitting still in a room with barely any movement whatsoever. If there is any movement, it's just a slight pan to the right to show a doorway or something like that. Mm -hmm. And it's, it's just letting the scene breathe and feel that much more real because you're just watching people move throughout a certain space, whether it's their house or a hotel room or something like that, an office. Uh, and I just really was inspired by that idea 
Uh, and so I had talked to you, Nate, uh, mm -hmm. just about ideas I have to make this short film on where I am right now uh, in this floor of my house and just where I could put the camera, where we can pan and how we can do slight, slow moves and things like that. Because, you know, as much as I love one take scenes where, you know, the camera is moving through all these different places and it's like, wow, the scope of that. Right. Uh, and and things like that. Uh, I think there's just something that you also get uh, on an aesthetic level or just a, a sense of vibe that you get from a scene if it is just a static camera because it makes it kind of disconcerting because it's just the stillness or the the tension that you could mm -hmm. feel depending on what, what the scene is. Uh, and so I really want to play with that and I'm very excited about it. And uh, I'm excited about the idea of rehearsing this thing with two actors. I'm excited about the idea of trying to get lighting because in Wyman, we never really had the resources to actually do much with lighting outside of just what lamps or, or overheads we had mm -hmm. uh, in a given space. Uh, I really want to try to be a lot more intentional with what the this house looks like. Uh, and the vibe that it gives off and, and things like that. And so uh, I'm excited about the challenge of writing the scene because it has been challenging, uh, this short film rather. Uh, although I guess it really is just going to be one long scene. Um, I'm excited about the, the challenge of, of trying to figure that out and how to make it all mesh well uh, to make it a five to 10 minute long thing. Uh, but also just being more technical uh, on something that I have been. Uh, uh, is really exciting to me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I remember we talked about um, how the importance of the acting and the script uh, and the mise en scène of that is because when you don't, when the viewer doesn't have different cuts or 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 different scenes or something to keep them interested and you know are invited to keep watching because they're not sure without that. You need to have good writing and good storytelling to keep the the audience like still interested. And so yeah. that, that I love how you're taking on a challenge like that because what that's going to do is further your writing because a good story and good script writing beats all. You can always add in the effects and stuff to make it exciting, but we all know what bad storytelling is and then added effects, it doesn't help. Right. If you can think of a movie right now where all it is is just action, 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 where it's explosions and stuff, but the but the story isn't great. We can think yeah. of so many movies and they're not good movies. Yeah. Right. Because, they they make a billion dollars, but <laughs> well, and, and they're sort of set up because they cost a billion dollars. Yeah. You know, but yeah. But yeah, I think this is a great stepping stone to to practice the hardest part of right of writing of a film is the storytelling and then you take away all of the helping effects that you have with different cuts, different angles, different lighting and stuff. Um, and focusing on just one thing. I think yeah. that's, yeah. Yeah. It's something you, that I'm, I'm really excited to work with you on. Yeah. Cause I think we, we could, we can have a lot of fun with, you know, deciding camera lens, uh, blocking and choreography kind of and, and things yeah. like that and lighting so yeah. yeah and you have to rely on scripted movements in the shot to 
replicate what a regular, you know, multi-camera cut sequence would look like. Yeah. Yeah. And it is also just kind of emblematic of uh, an issue that I've been running into a lot lately, which is I'm getting a lot of ideas, which is nice, but each idea just makes me more excited. And so it's just the the problem of, okay, I'm really excited to figure out this blocking and this lighting and things like that, but I need to write it first before we can get that far. And yeah. so it's just always getting ahead of myself, uh, which is yeah. a, a good problem to have, but uh, yeah. it's, it's tough. <laughs> well, yeah, when you're doing, and that's why it's so tricky is because when you're doing something like that, you have to think of all those things, because if you don't, then your, your, your narrative won't, won't be as powerful as it could be yeah right all of those things are super important so yeah i'm excited to to go on this creative adventure that you have planned out um and i imagine we're gonna fail a couple times in fact we might (laughs) fail the whole time and the the end is a failure but at least the successful part was you created it and then you build off of it yeah but hopefully it's good (laughs) yeah So that that's that's the the big project that uh, I've been. So yeah, my my resolution was to write four short films and produce at least two of them throughout the year. Uh, and these would be two that I think we can write and shoot. Is the write that down sketch and then this one uh, that I think would be very possible to to make this year. So yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah, it's exciting to to have this so early on in the year to, as. Uh, hey, I think I can actually do this. <laughs> yeah. 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 That means that you've, when you have that sort of moment, you know, that you've, you've given yourself a, a goal that is accomplishable, but is also hard to accomplish. So it's not like extending what you can do, you know? So that's yeah. why I think our first year we, we did goals. And this is really cool that we're talking about it now. The first time that we did goals, I think it was last year, or maybe it was two years ago. Yeah, it was last we year. We sort of year. set ourselves up for, kind of failure because we didn't have the scope of the projects or the time frame you know allotted for the projects you know we sort of made them broad or we made them way too difficult to navigate because we were in covid times then you know and it yeah. was like we're kind of working remotely kind of not kind of it's a different it was a different world um yeah and then and then and then then the following year you know the vaccines came out and stuff and though covid stayed around you know life somewhat went back to what it was before and we just, we weren't ready to, yeah. to, to do that stuff. So this is awesome that, that you can reflect on it and say, you know what, this is accomplishable um, and go for it. So I'm excited. Like I said, I'm excited for that journey. And um, yeah, very, yeah. Cool. yeah. very cool. Do you have anything else to add before we jump into our definitely not procrastinating? I don't think so. I, th- I think that that covers it. Uh, cool. the, the two main things that I'm working on right now, but yeah. Very cool. Yeah. You want to go? Yeah, sure. Um, yeah. So, uh, I've had, uh, like I, like I was saying, I, I haven't been doing too much, uh, extra work in the sort of the wintry season here. Um, so I've, I did watch a show, uh, on Apple TV. So I got Apple TV. Uh, I, I got rid of it. Uh, and then I got, got it back not only to watch Ted Lasso for the, the third season, which, I am watching. I'll do it. Definitely not procrastinating with the Ted Lasso at the end of the oh, season. Yeah. But um, uh, I got it back also for the MLS season pass, which I've been watching a lot of 
uh, MLS. Um, How about is, them crew? About them crew, right? Baby. Uh, I will say, uh, if you are a soccer fan and you believe that the MLS is sort of just a retirement league or it's not at the same caliber <laughs> as a Premier League or other European leagues uh, or other parts of the world leagues in the other parts of the world, uh, you're 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 not totally incorrect, um, but it's definitely <laughs> definitely getting a lot better. And you should give yeah. another try. Follow a team. Um, because it's a lot of fun when you've got follow the crew. Reading. Yeah, you can you can follow the crew. Um, but the crew. that's not that's what not what my definitely not procrastinating is. I stumbled across a show um, called uh, Servant. Have you heard of this one, Jacob? No, I thought you were about to say Severance. I did <laughs> I was watch like, how Severance. dare you? No, no, I did watch Severance, and I didn't want to take that from you because I think you enjoyed it a little more than I did. Um, I certainly liked how Severance had a great cliffhanger, but it took quite a bit of build up to get there. It's a really weird show. Um, I'm going to let you talk about that when you're ready to talk about that. I won't take it from you, but no, uh, I watched Servant. It was more no, of like- I talked about that already. Did you? Yeah. Oh, I guess so. Well, I did watch it. Okay. It was a little, it was a little weird for me, but but that's all right. It, I'm, I will watch <laughs> the second season when it comes out because they definitely left a good cliffhanger um, right when it got good, actually. It took a while. Yeah. Okay. All right. Servant. So servant. <laughs> um, 2019, I guess there's four seasons there. So basically in sh- a short synopsis is there's like this, uh, this couple uh, in, in uh, Philadelphia who uh, they had a child. Okay. And I don't want to give away too much, but they had a child and, and ultimately the child ends up dying and the, the wife uh, her name is Dorothy. She sort of forgets that she accidentally killed her child. It's sort of like a she like f- forgot about it, and it's a long mm. story. But she her child dies, and it's a tragic mistake, right? And and in her brain, she sort of like blocks out that tragedy, and sort of goes into this like state where she doesn't remember anything and stuff. And so the only thing that brought her back from it was sort of like this fake doll. That was like a, a reborn doll. So it looks like a child, feels like a child, but it's a doll, right? Hmm. And she, she kind of like believes that this is her child and it's still alive. And so they hire this nanny. And this nanny uh, came came from a cult, okay? So she escaped this cult and she comes to live with this family. And um, she has to work through like this fake child and like, pretending like it's a real child, but then it, it all twists when she brings in a real baby. And I won't tell you how she gets the real baby, but she brings in a real baby and switches out the real baby for the doll. And the mother believes that that's her child. Like the baby just comes alive and the mother believes that's her child, like full heartedly. And so they get into all this wild stuff with like the cult and with like the fact that there's a child and like everyone kind of knew that the baby died but now the baby's like, there's a live baby. So it's like, gets into this really wild stuff. Uh, and it's, it's like kind of candy. It's like a candy show. You know what I mean? Like it's got substance. It's got some pretty good storytelling. Some of it's a little hokey, but it's a pretty good story that you are a pretty good storyline. And you could, you could binge watch it. Um, if you wanted to, it's, it's like one of those, those shows, but hmm. Apple TV, it's called uh, servant and, um, IMDb gives it 7.5. Rotten Tomatoes gives it 91. Um, 91. But Severance was too too weird. Yes, Severance was too weird. And and I'll be honest with you, it's because it's just odd. 
it's just too odd. This is yeah. a, this is like a psychological thriller. That one was more of like it took a long time to get to where it needed to be. And, and, oh, and I disagree. But, mm. but but the important part of that is that it got where it needed to be, but then the season ended. So it's doing the right thing where it's forcing you to wait to the next season. But for the first like three or four episodes of that entire season, I was struggling not to just turn it off and go to something else. And maybe that's because I don't have as good of a palette when it comes to, or or maybe it's just, maybe I'm just used to Instagram reels and TikTok <laughs> you know, that I can't acknowledge that that buildup is so crucial to that kind of story. You know, who knows? Yeah. But that those are my two cents on that. Okay. Well, we can argue about this a different day. Yeah. But yeah, Servant. Yeah. Well, Google good. Google says, is Servant a good show? And the okay. answer to that is the TV series Servant slithered onto streaming services in 2019, quickly became a popular psychological horror series. Many considered the series a return to form for movie or, or the, the series to uh, a return to form for movie creator M. Knight Shyamalan. 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 Yeah. Uh, it's saying it nails perfect atmosphere supported by excellent performances from a skilled cast. So if you're interested in that, um, yeah, it's, it's, I liked it. I think mm-hmm. you should give it a shot. Okay. Well, mine is something that people have probably heard of as opposed to other things that I bring. Uh, I watched Creed for the first time. Oh, the, the new one? No, the, the first one. Okay. 2015. Yeah. I, I I realized that I need to watch the first two Creeds so I could see Creed 3. And I, and yeah, I just really liked Creed. Yeah. And I, I haven't think, seen any other Rocky movies. Yeah, I think that's okay. I think the, the, the point was to get people into it. Yeah. Like, yeah. Yeah, you, you don't need to, to see the other Rocky movies. But uh, yeah, it was really good. It's just a good, you know, sports story. Uh, you kind of know what to expect, but I, I think it still has some really good, feel good moments, yeah, uh, and things like that. Good. Um, yeah, so it's on Amazon and HBO right now, I believe. So okay, pretty so accessible to watch. watch. Yeah, so it gives you the the dopamine or the serotonin release when you need it. Yeah, yeah, so. yeah. You don't you don't really get that from from the from servant. Turn yeah. your, down your toes, you know. Uh, I realize I, I I never mentioned what Creed actually is. Creed is a boxing movie, uh, yeah. starring Michael B. Jordan, a spinoff of the Rocky movies, uh, where uh, Michael B. Jordan is the son of Apollo Creed, who fights Sylvester Stallone in the original Rocky movies. Mm. Uh, yeah. So yeah, good stuff. Good stuff. Yeah. Good stuff. All right. Well. I guess we're done. I guess so. I guess I'll see you in two weeks. Yeah, we'll see you in two weeks. And um, hopefully we'll have someone cool on to to take over our rambling. Nah. Nah. I do, I do want to say uh, I've been in chats with somebody and I don't want to give away too much, but okay. I've been in chats with somebody and I texted you about this. Um, turns out there's, uh, we were going to talk about a game. I'm not going to give away the game the creative aspects of this game 
that leave a lot to the imagination to how the game is played. There's a movie about it coming out. And so I'm really excited to talk about the movie and the game and the people who play this game. It takes a lot of unique uh, imagination to play this type of game. And I'm very interested in how this movie is going to be uh, either good or bad for these you know, these folks who, who play this game. So I'm, I'm excited to chat about that. So maybe that'll be next. That'll, maybe that'll be in a couple weeks. That movie is Scream Six. 